Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I am one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. It's fucked up mouth week two. Electric boogaloo. And it's also pod scene week. How's it going, everybody? I'm stressed. I'm tired. I could die any second. <laughs> That, that hurt my mouth. That wasn't creepy or anything. That hurt my mouth. Cool. Ow. Cool, 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 cool. It's September 17th, 2018. <laughs> you struggled there it's for so, a little bit. My mouth is so numb no and one cares. cold. No one like, cares. I'm so self conscious about how I sound. Can I get a pass this week on this, please? No, no you <laughs> Please. Cannot. No. Like, I had to read okay, nine no, it's boxes very, back to back. It's very, very brief because I, I don't have to read all the like the special features and stuff. So yeah, you it's do. just no, I don't. We've never read special features. I had to read this. That's it. So in the front, in the front. I don't. This is again. That doesn't count. It's just like this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Don't read it and. I'm not, bro. You're, you're reading it ahead of time. I'm just fine. If you're new here, we fucking hate each other's guts because we're married. We drive each other bonkers. Uh, and in the middle of all that, we watch films. What, and we what, talk about them. What day did we watch this movie? We watched this nine, uh, nine. over the course of two days. We watched it 9 9 and 9 10. We started watching it and we. <coughs> you start finally falling asleep uh, on 9 9. Finished on 9 10. Um, yeah. Up front, we talk mostly about our lives. And then we get into the movie. As I mentioned, um, for the third straight year. On the podcast, we are celebrating Pod Slam, a podcast marathon benefiting Connor's Cure that's hosted by Arcade Audio, which is our home base, our, our network for the podcast. Pod Slam started as a uh, all wrestling podcast marathon, still heavily wrestling influence. Of course, the charity Connor's Cure, which benefit uh, benefits pediatric brain cancer research, was started by the WWE. Um, but this year we only have a wrestling block of shows, which is going on at the end of the evening. But every year, um, I nominate two wrestling related movies or wrestler starring movies for us to, um, for us to do as a way to... In keeping with tradition. Mm -hmm, and as a way to kind of advertise what Potsam's gonna be about. So we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. I still wanted to let everyone kind of know what today is, my nominated show, Beyond the Mat. Um, but what else is going on? I mentioned my mouth is, uh, if you listened to last week's show, you know I have something going on with my mouth. Don't worry. It wasn't anything I thought it was. Oh, did I talk about that last week? Look, man, you've talked about it every day for the last year and a half. That's not true. You've talked about it every single day that I honestly no longer can remember. What you've mentioned on the show and what you haven't mentioned on the show. So let's just recap for for those who have forgotten. Because I know I've going, forgotten. Everything I have going on, sure. No, no, no. Uh, no I have a pinched no, nerve. I've had no, kidney stones in the past. No, this guy touched no. my nuts. <laughs> he um, had a soft touch, baby. Soft touch, baby. You know he looked like he looked like Mickey Rourke if he never had anything done to his face. Like like bad things done to like his face? Like Mickey Rourke had horrible plastic face. surgery and also boxed, and that created the face that Mickey Rourke has now. So, like, by all intents and purposes, Mickey Rourke would probably be a good-looking guy, but let's say he just still drank a lot. <laughs> That's what that guy kind of looked like. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I still got some, some stuff going on. I'm trying to get him fixed before I leave to Chicago. Uh, I'll be in Chicago in, like, 48 hours. That's horrifying. Um, hey, maybe if you listen to me sooner... 
Uh, we're not getting this on the show. Oh, we can. I think no, the you just came back from a vacation. I sure did. You want to tell I people was... about it while I suck on this piece of ice. I thought you were gonna say something completely different. Well, I suck on this ice, deep. Oh my god, water all over me. Yeah. You just spit, you know, spit water all over you. You're disgusting. People who listen to this show regularly already know you like to have dicks in your mouth. So, I was supposed to go to Asheville, North Carolina, this past weekend, and thanks to that cunt Florence, uh, the hurricane, I did have to change my plan. So I went to St. Augustine Beach instead, which was very fun. Lots to do, so much to do. We couldn't do everything, so I definitely want to go back. Um, but it was nice to just get away, not have to worry about a crying baby and a crying husband. And yeah, that's what we were doing. I believe it. My child was a saint while Samantha was gone. I believe that as well. So literally, my child is bad because because of, of me. Saint. Yeah. Cool, great. Uh, that's exactly what I want to hear. Thanks so much. <laughs> Let's get a move on on this show. Why don't you read that cover? You fucking dick. Uh, and it's good to have you back. It was it was a. Uh... Oh thanks, thanks so much for saying that. That's like fucking when. It's like with Conan like, O'Brien. Like, when, like, like that's all right. When... Thanks for sticking with us to the commercial break. I'm sitting here on the couch with George Went and George. Yeah. How's it going? That's like good when like Augie misses like six weeks of recording Podswoggle in a row. You're like, oh yeah, good to have you back, Augie. No, I mean we that. need somebody to shit on. Thanks. Appreciate it. I missed you, and the baby missed you. We had fun. You sound so insincere. How am I supposed to... It's for the purpose of people, like, listening. I don't want to be, like, mushy, gushy, bushy, fushy, tushy, lushy, jushy. You're weird. I have so many fucking over-the-counter drugs in my system, and I've sucked on more ice than the Titanic... If the Titanic had a mouth and the glacier was a dick, <laughs> that's what my relationship to ice would be right now. Cool. Um, we watched Beyond the Mat, wrestling documentary from 1999. Allow me to read the box with a very, very numb and cold mouth in advance. Okay. The ringside special edition of Beyond the Mat, the unrated director's cut, a film by Barry W. Blaustein. The movie Vince McMahon doesn't want you to see. Experience this no-holds-barred breakthrough film that the Hollywood Reporter says is, quote, as entertaining as the main event. And that is it. I you, will take it. You forgot to end the quote. Just kidding. I needed that. Good job, good job. Thanks. Good job. Uh, you're still uh, uh, seven... I'm two behind. Three. Fuck. <laughs> When I get three behind. Two, three, four, five, Shit. six, seven. Man. You've had seven fuck-ups. I've had four fuck-ups. I've also read 14 boxes, and you've read eight. Woo! So that's, I'm not, I'm that's, not that's pretty cool. Less than one to uh, read now. That's good. So, I've seen this movie, couldn't even tell you how many times. Mm-hmm. This was, like, wrestling documentaries... I'm surprised you picked this, by the way, because you're not a big documentary person. Nope. And you've tolerated wrestling in my life mm-hmm. since you met me. Nearly half my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. I'm going to kill myself. That was the opposite of the sincere thing that you were talking about. That was so sincere. Almost half my life. <laughs> how old, how far away from you from being with me half your life? 20. Uh... 13 years, uh, 10, 8. Numbers! 8 years, I'll be 40. Mm. We would have been together half our lives. Very nice. In 8 years. 8 years, that's less than 10. That's less than 10 years. So, wrestling documentaries are few and far between. We'll be 40 in less than 10 years. Mm -hmm. Wrestling documentaries are few few and far between. They're more prevalent now. There was a really good Ric Flair one from 30 for 30, the Andre the Giant one. I talked about both those on the show. WWE produces... Great wrestling documentaries. Granted, they're under the WWE umbrella, so you always have to deal with the revisionist history of them. So this, when it came out, was very groundbreaking, revolutionary. Also, because it came out during the peak of professional wrestling Mm -hmm. in the world. In America, let's say. 
bigger than the Hulk Hogan era of the 80s. It came out at the height of the Attitude Era. Um, this came out, no, this came out in 2000. I'm sorry, it did not come out in 1999. Because the events of 1999 are happening. This. this was filmed over the course of like three years. Um, totally out of order. There's stuff that they're showing, like Vince McMahon and Mick Foley doing in 1997. Um, and then later on, the Royal Rumbles in 1999. So that's also... It was released October of 1999. Oh, it was released? Okay. Uh, I'm, it was one of the... Sh- few films that was on the list of candidates for best uh, documentary feature length. The Oscars that ultimately didn't get nominated, but I think that's why I was getting confused. Um, so when the guy, I believe the director, if I'm not mistaken, he is Jesse Ventura's like manager or lawyer or like butt handler or something. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of like how he was like in, I think he's his agent, something like that. Guy kind of got into the wrestling business or whatever. Um, and asked the companies, WCW, who was number one at the time, wanted nothing to do with it. Kind of makes sense, WCW. Um, Vince jumped at it, and of course ECW also as well. So that kind of explains who was there. Um, I mean, I could talk about this movie all fucking day. Yeah, yeah, we know. (laughs) There's so many memes I want to get to, so many, like, uh, like, famous moments, like, as a wrestling fan, I want to get your perspective off, but I wanted to ask you what you thought about it, having watched it for the first time. <clears throat> Let me get my notes. Oh, you took notes. Ooh, I'm so happy you took notes for this. I mean, I took like one note. Damn it. I already forgot how I wanted to start this episode off with. Fuck. What? I wanted you to like, when uh, when we started, be like, how are you doing, Samantha? And you'd be like, fine, how are you? I'm like, well, I don't feel very good at all. <laughs> that's just my biggest. Okay, so that's, that's probably my favorite scene in this whole thing. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin is the man. So, all right. He's so, a douchebag, and so, I love him. So, for all the moments that are very famous in this movie, for every Dennis Stamp, for every Tony Jones needs to get some abs and some shoulder work, for Roland Alexander, for New Jack could be the next Denzel. Like, man. Th- for puking, like, there's so many seminal moments. For Paul Heyman's speech, for all of it. My favorite part of this movie, for whatever reason, is... Uh, Backstage at the Rumble, uh, the, uh, Mick Foley and The Rock are talking with Mick Foley's wife and their kids, and The Rock's, you know, like, talking to the kids and stuff, and Steve Austin walks by, and, like, he walks out of frame, and he walks back into the shot. Shakes their hand. And comes over, and mind you, like, these are the three biggest stars in wrestling at the moment, just, like, in this, like, really cool, like, behind-the-scenes thing, shakes, uh, it says, hey, Colette, how are you, you know, whatever, and McFoley asks him, like, something like, you ready for the night or something? And, like, Austin doesn't hear him. He goes, what was that? And McFoley, like, very blatantly goes, how are you feeling? And he looks at him dead in the eyes, doesn't change the tone in his voice at all, and goes, well, I don't feel very good at all. And then walks away. <laughs> and then walks away. It was hilarious. You actually rewound it and made me watch it again. It was so funny. And um, he, makes, he makes a little motion, like, well, I don't feel very good at all. Like, you're waiting for, like, a sarcastic thank you very much or whatever. And that's it. And it's like... <laughs> Like, what? did he have the flu, or, like, what was I that? always remember, uh, so, on the Squared Circle subreddit, really get me uh, points here. Oh, man. Take it's only been 13 minutes. Like, uh, there's been this really cool series that... Your nerd is showing. Um, this guy has been a subscriber of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter since, like, its inception. And every, like, three times a week, he does, like, recaps of those issues and, like, the stories and the reviews and stuff. It's re- been really cool. And I vividly remember for Roman Rumble and I'm him mentioning that, like, Steve Austin was, like, really sick or something. And that's why they kind of rewrote the match so he's not really in it. Who getting inside here. So I think that's part of it, but... I don't feel very well at all. Is how you, I feel you, right now. Is I'm gonna could, gargle this ice. You could have just gargle. said, "Yeah, he was sick." You did not have to go down that rabbit hole. Just so you know, your nerd is definitely showing. So I'm gonna take over this podcast for a little bit. Try to cover you up, okay? Do. Please do. Yep, I am. What? They're better or worse? This is definitely worse. Um, what I wrote in this, um, the opening, I thought was very true in terms of the opening, just like the the details of mm-hmm. of it. Um, it gave perspective. I knew some of, I mean, I knew these people were not well off in terms of their physicality, drug addiction, whatever. Mm. I thought you were talking about like the Painted opening of like him like being a kid and going to the show and seeing like the wrestler after the show. I hate that. Go on. You know what I'm talking about when the movie opens and he's like, I've always watched it. It shows like 
the clips uh-huh, of wrestling, uh-huh. and it shows like my dad took me to a wrestling yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. No, like I, I think it. I think what I meant when I wrote that was that it. That's the perspective as mm-hmm. a child that you have, mm-hmm. and you don't realize until as you grow how jaded it all really is, and how jaded all of them are. And what I really latched onto was the whole um, entertainment aspect of it, and mm-hmm. I and I actually wrote an article close to this. I believe I believe I wrote an article very close to this. It's been a while since I talked about Podswap articles. Man, I've only wrote like three things. I don't know, man. I, I could be lying. I wrote one about a theme park. I wrote one about the Bellas. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I think my sentiments, my whole feelings about wrestling, and whenever people ask like what I do for fun, and I talk about this podcast, mm-hmm. they say, oh, how'd you start doing that? And I talk about how you've been podcasting. You started with... A raw cast and doing an improv podcast, and then mm-hmm. it kind of morphed its way into a wrestling podcast. And then I have to tell people that you're a huge wrestling fan, and Sorry. it's okay. They give me funny looks, and they're like, "Oh, really? Why does he like wrestling?" And I say, "It's kind of like a, a just like a soap opera, mm-hmm. but with uh, half naked men." There's uh, a great moment in the first season of Glow when she goes and watches mm-hmm. the show. And- and she's a soap opera actress, and she right. realizes it's a soap opera. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's what it is. Yeah. And um, I think that that spoke true, because that's still what it is, even more so now, 20 years later, mm-hmm. than it was in 1999, how it's that entertainment. It's not about getting the best athletes or the best technical wrestlers, but it's the people who could put on the best show. And I think that that was why I enjoyed this documentary. Um, and to be honest, like... I know, like, we've watched documentaries like Gonzo because Hunter S. Thompson's, like, your favorite writer. You know, this is so close to your heart that I think I owe, and I bug you. I bug the shit out of you when you're watching wrestling Drives stuff. Me nuts. I don't know why it's different for this. Like, like we were very, like, talkative and active, and, like, I was answering questions and, like, like yeah. having a really fun time watching this. I think it's because I've seen it so, like, I've watched this probably 30 times in my life. Yeah, but Literally you, watched it on YouTube maybe a couple months ago. But there ago. are some matches that you've watched so many times, too. But no, I but here's ask the difference. questions. You ask me questions during live shows that I've never seen before as I'm trying to pay attention Yeah, but you're going to fucking rewatch it and rewind it how many times? Not that much anymore. You're such a liar. You're such just a... saying. How many times did you watch the Royal Rumble from this year? This year? Not that many. Just a couple times. How many? Just a couple give, times. Give, give I ain't got a number. Watch my Less mouth. Less than five? Ow. Probably, yeah. Look, my life's different now. I have a baby, in case you haven't noticed. Um, <laughs> I fucking hate you. But I know what you mean. Like, it was... It's important to me to understand why sure. this is so important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm a good partner. <laughs> Let's just get this on the record. Seven, what episode is this? Uh, episode two, what? It's in the 210s or something. Okay. I don't fucking know. Let's remember this podcast. Be on the mat around... Epi- this yeah. time, remember, mm-hmm. it's immortalized that I'm a good partner because I care about the things you care about and I show an interest in it. Cool. So when we start watching some of the movies that I like... I'm going to sit in the kitchen. <laughs> you're a fucking dick. <laughs> I'm not done with my notes. But I'll get there. I'll throw them in. No, please. Cause I, my mouth hurts. So <laughs> please read um, your notes. And then, you know, this just si- shines a light on... Um, it's hard to get, like, talk about this without talking about, like, the quote-unquote characters, I the mean, people yeah. in it. Um, but I've always appreciated the kind of businessman Vince McMahon is, and this just shows the kind of businessman Vince McMahon is, for good and for bad. Oh, yeah. But you, I mean, you cannot say that he didn't grow the company. The company's worth how many billions of dollars today? I mean, and look, they have every avenue. They have their own streaming service. They have their network. They have... They have movies. They have... Movies, pay-per-view, studio. They have merchandise that sells so much. They it's so funny to hear. Copyright and trademark these names of yep. the, of the mm-hmm. characters, and they build the brand. They have, what, comics. They're branching out mm-hmm. into every avenue of entertainment and... That just speaks to we make his innate understanding of what this industry is all about. I hate that moment where he's like, we're, we're in the, we make movies, and it's so fucking true. It's true. It's that's what they do. Is like they, these are like it's not a wrestling company. It's it and it hasn't been for a very long time, yeah. especially now. 
Much more so it was then, because that's what all the rage was, but it was all to build towards kind of where they are Where they now. are now. They, the, wrestling but, is their main bread yeah. and butter, but it's led to so many... They make movie stars he's now. Such a, he's such an interesting... It's so weird to see him in this 20 years ago. There's so many like Vince McMahon stories and like so many like things, but like just the getting the sneak peek of like him backstage like directing a shot, and then you get like all the the disgruntled old people like Coco Beware in his weird Motel Six room Parrot. with his fucking Frankie Bird who's I'm surprised he hasn't fucking eaten by now. Hey, rest in peace, Frankie Bird. Uh, no, I think Frankie's still alive. No, he flew <laughs> away. Uh, Legit, like, I read that he flew away. <laughs> Uh, and like Al Wouldn't Snow. You? Oh wait, I love the Al Snow who was in a WWE locker room when he was shitting on Vince McMahon, <laughs> not giving him stuff. Good job, Al. Like just incredible and stuff. And then it cuts to like the the draw stuff, the puke stuff, which is again some of the most famous stuff and I was, from this who movie. The fuck is that? I mean, he was a, a big prospect. You, you probably, I think he was only ever in one Rumble. That's how I normally have to like. Oh like, puke! What year? No, he was he was draws in the draws. rumble ninety nine. It is the rumble we do a lot. Ninety nine. That ninety nine rumble that you see in in this that the Rock and Mankind are wrestling in. Um, what happens in the ninety nine? Isn't that a? It's a very, it's the one Vince McMahon wins. Wins. Vince McMahon. Minute and a half. Wins that rumble. I mean, they're all always minute and a half. Again, I don't want to get into minutia here, but um. <laughs> You're <laughs> but, such uh, an asshole. But like that moment is so, and, it, and you know what I I there are like a lot of like gaping holes in this in terms of like continuity. So like. I don't know if you pick up on it or not, but uh, when it's uh, going into who New Jack is, a.k.a. the scariest moment in film history. Um, a.k.a. Augie still has nightmares. Yeah. And, like, it shows, like, or, like New Jack in a match. He's wrestling Draws in that match. Draws, uh, the way that it worked was ECW was, like, under the table getting funded by WWE as, like, a feeder system. Slash, they would send developmental guys or newer guys to ECW to, like, work out kinks, work on characters, whatever. They did that with Draws. So you don't even notice that, like, Draws is in the movie again. Like, just fucking working New Jack. Hmm. That could have been, like, they could have pieced it in. They don't. They have to, like, cycle back around because, like, literally two weeks after the movie came out, uh, or before the movie came out, Draws was paralyzed for the rest of his life in a wrestling accident. Um, so, like, he's, like, sadly known for that and fucking puking on people um, because Vince McMahon's an animal. But you're right. You get to see the insanity that goes into that. So, what, what, yeah. what else do you I, I mean, I just, I appreciated that. Um, it is very interesting to see if you're not familiar with it. I've, yeah, seen, I've it, seen a lot of wrestling documentaries that kind of go into it, but it's different now because he's older and it's always about, like, somebody coming back or somebody who's dead or... Yeah. This is just him, like, at his peak. Right. He's younger, so yeah, I Right, get and, and you really just see him kind of take it and make it what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, now you have... It was great to see young Stephanie, too. Like, she was almost, like... Because she was, like, behind the scenes, like, with, like, the headset on and stuff, like, you almost didn't recognize her. She's, like, 19 or 20 years old. Yeah, but, like, you almost didn't recognize her because she has such a big personality Mm -hmm. now. And, like, I think that's also really cool to see. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, and, like, growing into this character. Because that's what they are. Yes, it's Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon. And they're people, but they they embody these characters. Characters. Yeah, and they also are the people that are running the show. Like, she is the chief brand officer yes, of the company. Of like, course. But you could do that behind the scenes. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to be in the spotlight, but for her to be able to be in the spotlight and be this character, I mean, I saw in this documentary, that wasn't always where she was. She wasn't always going out and speaking in the middle of the ring. She no. was behind the scenes talking to a mic, mm-hmm. you know, in somebody's ear. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool to see, mm-hmm. kind of that, that difference. Everything behind the scenes, particularly... The the Royal Rumble 99, like I talked about with Steve Austin and like going in and making the promos and everything, and even the tryout stuff, I, I just fucking eat up like a sponge because I love that shit. I love watching it. I'm so curious and I'm so enamored with just like how it goes. And ECW stuff, another most famous, I mean, I, I'm not going to do like, a, like most famous power rankings, but between Puke... I, I, you know, I don't do any tricks. I just jump. Then Stamp, just as a being, is, you have no idea how famous like, he is Like, I honestly movie. thought that this was a mockumentary when he came on the screen. Because it, oh, it was is. so <laughs> absurd. It was so absurd. I'm like, 
Rest in peace, really? since, yeah. Uh, he died a couple years ago, recently. Um, yeah, because he wasn't getting in the main event. Yeah. I'm not booked. I'm not booked, Terry. I'm, I, don't feel, I don't feel involved. He wasn't going anywhere. He booked the ticket just to cancel it. To fucking put it in Terry Funk's face. Um, but the thing I was leading to was uh, Paul Heyman's speech is very, very famous. So I'm going to come knock at that door again. I'm going to fucking freak out. Um, it's, our new, uh, it's our new character on the show, the weird guy on our door. Um, but no, the Paul Heyman speech, which like now you know Paul Heyman's promos, you know who Paul Heyman is. Paul like, Heyman it just, is amazing. Like that's just Paul Heyman like on television. But that's how Paul Heyman is like in real life. That speech of just, this is the dance after the, the night of the first pay-per-view, fuck, that gets me every time. Yeah, like so it, I love all that behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. And yeah. you know, I mean it was interesting for me to watch. I can only imagine you as a super nerd. What how big of a boner you had. So um Thanks. Thanks a lot. But I did not hear So a I mean the main the main crux um, of the movie oh, go ahead, keep going, keep going. Yeah, I have two more notes. Sure. Um Poor Jake the Snake. Yeah, so I was saying the main the main crux of the three main characters in the movie are Terry Funk, Jake the Snake, and Mick Foley. And when this movie was Oh, there's another one we'll get to. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. Let's talk about Jake the, the Snake. The uh when the movie was like, you know, like coming to fruition, Jake really didn't want to do it. And he was kind of convinced by Terry Funk and Barry Blostein that it was gonna be like, oh, like an after school special for kids and you know it was going to go into like, the effects of drugs and stuff like that. It was going to be used as a tool. It wasn't to show, you know, unfortunately, the classic wrestling sad trope of what happens um, when, you know, you fall off. Yeah, the Jake stuff, it, it's, it's a lot easier to watch now because of the amazing final transformation that Jake the Snake has happened. Like that how he's now, you know, a normal functioning member of society who's clean, who's got his life back together. He's in the Hall of Fame. Diamond Dallas Page saved his life. Like the DDP yoga dog. Like it's DDP. He deserves a fucking uh, humanitarian award for what he's done. Um, but yeah, at the time, like it was just like you know, it's regular, just sad and like we'll have to watch the. I think it's still on Netflix. The resurrection, of, the the resurrection of Jake the Snake documentary. I think it is. Yeah, it's very good. I watched it. Um, when I was on leave with the baby a couple years ago. It just um, was interesting because, like I said, this shows you the behind the scenes. Like, the people. You don't see that if you're just a casual watcher. When you mm-hmm. watch them wrestle and everything, you don't see that. You don't get that. You don't get the full story, which is really cool to see and get. It gives you more of a perspective of of them. Um, you know, it's funny. The, the first time I kind of watched it and like kind of like thought about it, like... This movie made the Jake the Snake character make even more sense. Yeah, it like, did. That, like, they get into it, and they make sure to, like, have a lot of people touch on it. But, like, just how great Jake Roberts was and what he did as a character and a promo. Like, he never had to raise his voice, never had to, you know, like, do whatever. Um, and so, like, all of his experiences in life being basically the product of rape, like, having to go through, like, so many... And, like still having to deal with his father on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, you know, all the other awful things his family had to go through, you know, makes so much sense, but it just shows, like, why he's this, like, silent type and why he's, like, methodical and think things out and, like, why he has a snake to, like, torture opponents. Like, everything you can kind of pick and do, like, something off of. Um, yeah, it all makes sense. Uh, now, do I need to hear Jake Think Roberts talk about uh, all the different ways he's had sex? No. <laughs> do I need to watch Jake Think Roberts piss into a bucket and pass out while sitting up? No. Although I would love to know how to pass up sitting pass out sitting up because I've been trying to do it for a week. Um, <laughs> do I need to watch Jake Think Roberts find something that's stuck on the inside of his jacket and wonder what it is? That's my second favorite moment in this movie. Is oh, it's chocolate? Is yeah? Is uh, again because those, those of you that are. <laughs> Probably shit <laughs> that I haven't watched. So like, it's after like he was supposed to go to eat with his daughter, or like no no he was all getting off the phone with his daughter. They were gonna have dinner, and she wanted to bring like friends because she didn't feel comfortable, whatever. So like he's talking about it. He's sitting on the bed at, like his hotel room, and like he looks down, and he sees something in his jacket. And he's still talking about what he was talking about, and he starts like picking like, at she's it. Picking, and he goes, "What is this shit?" <laughs> Completely gets and, then, and then he doesn't like, like for like fifteen seconds. He's like, "Is this chocolate?" 
And that's like, <laughs> see that? And it's like, these are people. Like, these are people. Like, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> like, that's like, uh, I'm so glad you appreciated those two moments because, like, they always make me laugh. And you laughed so hard at them without even any encouragement from me that it made me They're just really random. fall in love with you like, all over again. Oh. <laughs> that's been it for this week's episode of Mary. Take the victory. Um, but it does, like, Ugh, like the scenes with him and his daughter later it's on. It's rough. And... It's rough to watch, but it, it does make sense in terms of his psyche and everything. Um, and it sheds a little more light. I mean, it's always interesting to see, you know, tabloids always talk about movie stars and they're behind the scenes and what's going on in real life. And, oh, they're getting a divorce, so she's pregnant with twins, mm-hmm. whatever. It's cool to see that about these wrestling personalities because you don't really get that. Because the tabloids don't talk about them as much as they talk about mainstream movie stars. Yep. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you said Mick Foley and uh, Terry Funk were the other two mm-hmm. in here. Yeah, they. I mean, it was really cool to see. Um, it was a little sad to see, like, Mick Foley as well. Like, yeah, I mean, definitely the most famous. It's, it's such a drastic difference how he's talking and acting here. And how he is now? It is. I mean, you can definitely see the Not toll. Not in a good way, yeah. I mean, he's better than you'd probably expect based on everything he's he did. You know, taking those fucking 15 unprotected yeah, shots Yeah, I could head. not even look at that now, it, head it's, split open. That, again, that's a very famous that's scene disgusting. of, like, it's watching disgusting. that unfold. I hate some of the, like, uh, some of the directing choices in this would be, like, my biggest critique. I talk about, like, the gaps and continuity. I mean, obviously, if you don't know, it's... You yeah, know, it, 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 there's things that could be pointed out like stream of consciousness that make sense, a little bit, yeah. but also there's a lot of like weird choices. Like, I get in like some of like the fantastical aspects. Like I talked about like the fake like wrestler running into his car at the beginning of the movie, like with his girlfriend. Like the weird uh, like song choices over like the Royal Rumble match when you said like is he he's not dying? Yeah, you know like. Some of those are really uh, off-putting and weird in terms of, like, the makeup of the movie. Uh, but, um, speaking of off-putting and weird, oh, wait. Oh, wait. So you're but, um, your thought. But, yeah, like, you watch me fully now. Like, literally, he was on the wrestling pay-per-view that was on last night. Um, and he was on Raw last week cutting promos. Like, he's one of the greatest talkers of all time. Um, no one will do what he's done anymore, thankfully. Um, but, yeah, it is, like, because like, he is a very smart uh, this came out before he was a multi-time New York Times best-selling number one author. Mm-hmm. Paid the way for wrestlers to start writing books yep. like that. Like legitimately writing their books or like getting them ghostwritten because he legitimately wrote his books. He's like a touring stand-up comedian. Like he's a super talented, funny, creative, genuine dude. Um, but then he, he just has this massive flaw about him that he wants to please everybody and he thinks the way he has to do it is by like killing himself. And he'll be forever known in wrestling for, like, five or six insane moments. Um, one of which you see, like, in this movie. Um, and you can see it played out on so many, like, at the drop of a hat, varying degrees of, like, emotions. Like, you see it, and it's like, you know, like, oh, well, you know what, I guess it's okay. And then, like, the next moment, like, you see... his Yeah, his kid's, like, watching him, like, dripping with blood, and it's like, well, that shouldn't happen. And then they're cracking jokes and talking about nipples, and, you know, his wife sh- probably should have done something, and... <laughs> Instead of... And then you think about what Noel Foley looks like now, and... I'm sorry, oh, yeah, what? let's talk about Noel Foley. Let's I need talk about ice Noel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But For my sure loins. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I am. Are you? Mm-hmm. Uh. So I made the comment, so... No, I made the comment. No, no, you made the comment, and I had the response. That was Noelle Foley um, is Mick Foley's daughter. daughter. She's now like twenty five. Yeah, she's an adult. She's in her early to mid twenties. But in the last couple of years, she's sprung up in the wrestling community. They had a reality show that was on the WWE Network. Um, She's trying to break into wrestling. She's basically like wrestling. an Instagram model. She's gorgeous. She's a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. She she's is. very, she's very much uh, like her mother, mm-hmm. McFoley. I don't know what's going on. McFoley's fucking shorts. Um, not that McFoley, like McFoley, like when you see him, like dress, like McFoley's not a bad looking dude. He just always is a fucking fat schlub <laughs> who's missing teeth and missing hair everywhere. He's kind of like me. Um, so like you mean come on, like that's Noel Foley. I'm like yeah. 
And I was like, uh, that's why I, I can never say, like, she's hot or whatever, because I've known her as a fucking child <laughs> my whole life, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm used to her being, like, the weird six-year-old girl who's was like, talking about nipples <laughs> and be like, Daddy's cute! It's like, I can't whack off of that. <laughs> it's weird. So, yeah, you, so heard it for, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Mullet can't whack off to Noelle Foley because he thinks he, she's still a six-year-old. Um, I was oh. going to use a comment you made as a segue to my next point. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the comment that you made? Well, um, what? Uh, disgusting. Me being a... No, no, no. A fat, disgusting slub? No. <laughs> Not you. No, no, no. Uh, earlier, just a uninteresting, disgusting, douchebaggy. I want to fucking run this dude over. Are we segueing into Roland Alexander? <laughs> Let's talk about Roland Alexander. That's Again, my note. rest in peace, Roland Alexander. He oh, also shit. died. Okay. Hmm. He's the kind of guy that looks like he died three times. Karma's a bitch. Let me tell you what this. Welcome is. to the CD world of under of this independent guy wrestling. Sucks. So many dicks. Whoa, hey. And is everything I hate about wrestling fans. That was a sentence that I wrote. And I think that that's an appropriate sentence. Oh, you're right. Um, <laughs> very, again, yeah, famous, famous uh, character, famous scene. Uh, nothing, nothing funnier than the fattest, grossest dude in the world sitting there making sure that you, you read the labels on food and stuff to make sure yeah. you eat right. Yeah. Meanwhile, this guy is so fat that we couldn't tell where his earlobe began because his <laughs> earring kept being in varying spots on his face. He had attached earlobes and his neck was like a blob. Like, you couldn't tell, like, where the earlobe ended. In general, it was, just... It was just disgusting. A very, very skeezy, uh, carny fucking scumbag promoter type. Awful. Um, he was awful. And aside for that one moment where, like, he's getting emotional about the fact that Mike Modest doesn't have a contract, um, just because he's... Then no one's going to be paying for his attic room upstairs. Um, yeah, it's like, the fact he's going to get, like, 20% of their contracts if they get their fucking... If they get their contracts and uh, 20% of the money off of their contracts if they get signed. And, you know, you know he doesn't pay them sometimes. And the next scene he says about, you know. Oh, I always pay him. You're a fucking asshole, man. He's, and he's then a, he's telling them, oh, I can't guarantee, you know. Yeah, we're not like the big guys. Like, obviously you're going to get as good as you can get. Like, what the yeah, he's a very famous ski and just like the way he like like his acting backstage. Like I wanted Instagram to turn and be like, what is that? <laughs> just be yeah, so so be a, so aghast the way he talks. I, I liked all the independent stuff. Um Mike Modest ended ended up actually becoming uh a decent name on hmm. in America uh so the shorter white dude. The 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 guy that won the match and uh-huh. the guy who was working as like an undertaker or fucking whatever. Um Who did he become? We ended up not like he was always Michael Modest, but he worked in Japan for many years. Um, oh, I don't know. Was a very famous independent wrestler in America. Never made it like to the big times. I think he had a couple matches in WCW before they closed. Um, Tony Jones, I think, still works at Visa. Um, Poor Tony Jones. Still, still hasn't gotten anything more flattering. Hasn't developed his upper body. Get, hasn't gotten some abs. Says Jim Ross, the Barbecue King of Oklahoma. Um, who I love how much of a oh this. Blanket sheds a lot. <laughs> this is disgusting. Um, who I just like is such a he's, is a curmudgeon, but he's very much as long as there's an ash, every as long as there's an ash, every eighteen inches, I'm happy. And you know, just being very to the point. I also love uh, Tony Jones and Michael Modest match, and like the boys watching the match, and like the comments on the match. That's the most subdued Jim Cornette's ever been. Um. And the one guy, I think it's Thrasher from the Headbangers, like, oh, I'm stealing that one <laughs> during the match. Did they? Uh, no, I don't think so. And Vince Van, uh, talk, like, complaining about Tony Jones' moves. Oh, might need to work on that there, and immediately leaving. <laughs> it's like, well, I can't be bothered with not signing another one of these guys. You do what you got to do. Uh, yeah, Roland Alexander, is he the LVP? I hate to jump up, but... No, 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 he's the LVP. Yeah, I think... He's just a bad person. 
I mean, he's it's, like the LVP of life. It's it's always hard in documentaries to like gauge MVP and LVP. No, uh, not this time. I I do want to say we're we're jumping around a little bit here, but I want to give a, a solid second place LVP to Dave Meltzer, um, who I've had a grudge with for a very long time. Dave, I hope you're listening. Um, Dave, who was sitting uh, like the biggest nerd in the world in that wrestling ring. Uh, it's the most coherent he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have his mullet at the time, and it looks like he hadn't cycled through um, either his workout routine or the HGH he was on. Uh, Dave, you're lucky Roland Alexander's in this movie, or else I would be pushing a lot harder for you, buddy. I'm going to get you. I'm going to purposely look for documentaries that you're in so I can make you an LVP. What the fuck? Um, <sighs> so those were all your notes? Yes. Okay. So I'm trying to think of things we haven't covered. Um, so we've covered most of the Mick Foley stuff. Covered most of the, uh, the Jake Roberts. Haven't really touched on Terry Funk. You know, kind of. Mick Foley was the current. Um, Jake the Snake was like the flame out. Terry Funk's like the retiring star. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, <laughs> really, that doctor is great bedside manner. Just like, well, you should be able to do what you're doing now. Uh, you should be in constant pain. And if you aren't, something's wrong. Yeah. Um, Thanks, doctor. Yeah, I, I like like I said, I like all the ECW stuff. It shows, you know, you know the passion that he has for it. You know, of course, I know where it ends, and that I'm pretty sure Terry Funk wrestled a match a couple years ago. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's funny. So, again, gaps and stuff, and what they decide to show and not show. So, the ECW pay per view and Terry Funk's like last match that they show. All that stuff takes place in 1997. Uh, Terry Funk starts the year in 1998 teaming with McFoley in the WWF as Chainsaw Charlie. And pretty much wrestles all throughout 1998 in the WWF. And then we go back to 1999. He's already gone at that point. But then, you know, he's he wrestles for fucking years. He had a pay-per-view match in 2006 with McFoley after they'd both retired. So it just shows you, like, you know, like that's the belly of the beast. They, do they just keep getting sucked back in? And the people pay him, and they they think they can physically do it. I do think he's finally done. Like I think he like has had some serious health issues recently, because mm. um, he's in his fucking seventies. Is uh his brother Dory Funk that we that weird gentleman who was wearing like a Leatherman jacket and a cowboy hat and like nothing else, walking to the ring like is like eighty years old and still wrestles every now and then. That one is really weird. He can barely move, but he just like kind of like cool hits you like Jillian will hit you. I'm thirty and I can't chase after my daughter. <laughs> she beats me up. Yeah. Well, you got to stay in shape because you never know when your next match is going to be. Dennis Stamp is the shit. Uh, <laughs> I love Dennis I'm gonna Stamp. I'm going to do his workout routine. Can is there like YouTube of like what he does to? Keep I mean, he doesn't shape? do any tricks. He just you know. No, but I mean, like, how does he stay in shape? There, trust me. There. How does he stay limber? There are plenty of actual wrestlers parroting Dennis Stamp. <laughs> My favorite being Kyle O'Reilly from uh, Undisputed Era. Just getting down his underwear and just <laughs> getting on a trampoline and just doing the bit. Zack Ryder used to do it on Z2 Long Island Story, too. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know I don't like it. That one was just for you. Um, it was. And Zack Ryder, if you're listening to again, this, please let us know. Oh, fuck uh, off. He's got his own stupid podcast now. It's about wrestling uh, action figures. I haven't mentioned it because I didn't want to fucking throw up anywhere. Zack Ryder, if you're listening to this... I would love to have you as a guest on this show when we do the Ghostbusters movies. Wow. This is a formal invitation. You're going to put that on record? This is a formal invitation. Rich is going to kill you. No, Rich will be there too. Where am I going to be? You're kicked off the couch. That's been... Oh, no, we're not done. We're not done. This has been RJ Hates Rap. No, um... This says every, every, Samantha hates Chris. Everything about Dennis Stamp is just funny. Just I mean, like that's like, like he wasn't messing around, right? Like that's like no, that he's like shoot. legit. Like yeah. he, like legit. He's like no one would have a better match than Dory, and like I'm not, he hasn't wrestled in like ten years. I, I stay in shape. You never know when the next match is gonna be. And then he changes whatever bullshit plans he had because I'm in the main event. Okay, you're refing the main event. You're not even wrestling. I'll ref the main event. I, love, I do love that. It's a funny joke. It's like, I, I, it cost me $140 to change my ticket. And he goes, I was going to pay you 50 This <laughs> 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 is such a wrestling moment. Yeah. And there's nice little other interviews throughout. I mean, of course, they interviewed Jesse Ventura when they're talking about like wrestling success stories. Um, 
some of the other like little indie, you know, there's a brief bit about China, which is kind of out of place. Um, but it's also sad to see like kind of how like normal she was when she was at her least normal. Yeah. And then to try to make herself normal, she fell off the rails and, you know, yeah. is another wrestling tragedy. Fucking bloody Spike Dudley quoting Shakespeare is always weird. It was very uh, strange. It's, yeah. Um, something else. Uh, let's talk about everyone's favorite Southern gentleman, Dwayne Johnson. Um, um, we can. I just love how... He's so different. Different. Like, The Rock is just like this hayseed, bloated Samoan dude who, like, has a definitive, like, Southern accent. Yeah, he definitely has a Southern accent. Yeah. And now he's just like... like where did he grow up? He grew up... Well, he grew up all kind of over the place, but he, I think he's mostly, like, a Miami guy. Yeah. I mean, he didn't grow up in the South, like, wherever... Yeah, but you hear my accent sometimes. Ooh. Depends on who I'm talking to and stuff. But I could have a Southern accent or sound like I'm from New York or... I mean, it, it's, it's a hodgepodge. He snorted the Georgia right out of himself. <laughs> With all the cocaine the Rock does. Did. Does. Did. The Rock is doing cocaine as I finish the sentence. It literally snorted cocaine, took whatever fucking illegal steroids that he's on, and then immediately went into eating like the six pizzas he can eat on his off day. What? Are you going to edit this show or not really? Well, now I am because you asked me. Well, you don't have to. I won't save my comment. I'll save it for later. Well, I want to know it now. <laughs> Never mind. Who do you think he's done cocaine with more? <laughs> nope. Leave it at that. <laughs> oh, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's funny to see, like, in the little bit that he's in here, you exactly see why he's, like, the biggest fucking star in the world. He's got so much charisma, and he's just a genuinely Even, like, good behind guy. the shot. I mean, he wasn't... I mean, he fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> he fucked up that McFoley thing, and McFoley held it over him for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and Rock made it up to him, but uh, yeah, it's crazy. Even in, like in the backstage of him planning stuff and like seeing his process, it, like you just see this fucking megastar. Um, who else? New Jack. Why do we keep talking about New Jack? That's like, okay. That's wait, who he's at the door. New Jack! What would so, you true now? story. So, New Jack's theme in ECW was Natural Born Killers by Ice Cube and it. Dr. Dre. I believe it. And for whatever reason, the gimmick was like, it would play throughout his entire match. So, if he had like a 20 match, it would just loop. It would all go throughout the building. He's jumping off fucking ceilings and roofs and stuff. And How did play. they pay for the rights to that? Well, they don't now, which makes the W Network a bitch. Because <laughs> every New Jack match, originally, they just didn't have New Jack on the network because they just didn't want to deal with it. Oh, man, All Rich, right, you know I feel so bad Fuck. from some of our other episodes, Richie. I fucking love New Jack. I know this isn't a bit on the show, but like on Podswog, we have a bit where like it's I love you the week, and it's oh, me always Scott Slender. New Jack's great. New Jack... Literally caused the W Network so much work because they had to edit his song out. Now it's like some bullshit. Like some like house music, rap music. But when they had their video game, like they talked about at the end, like they got to deal with the National Network and they got a video game from Acclaim. Uh, like same issue, right? Like licensing music. And he said, you always did that. Sandman came out to enter Sandman. Tommy Dreamer came out to Man in the Box. They had to like come up with like their own versions of songs or they had to just bite the bullet and pay for it. Well, they didn't pay for New Jack, but they did them good. They had, like, Bootsy Collins or, like, some, like, old, like, 70s, like, funkadelic, like, artist do, like, a New Jack song. But it's not, like, anything like Natural Born Killers. The, the song starts with someone getting murdered. And then New Jack and then Ice Cube and Dr. Dre start singing. This song is like, New Jack, come to save the funkin' day, New Jack. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so oh out of God. place. And the only reason I know it is because, like, he was on, I had the shoot interview one time, and New Jack, go figure, was high off a of crack and drinking a lot. And at the end of it, they're like, anything else you want to say? And he just starts singing the song. <laughs> I, I just imagine. New him, Jack! I just imagine him coming out to, like, like Brodus Clay, like, Funk is on a roll with, like, the, the... Uh, uh, pterodactyls. Just to show you, like... Funkadactyls. Uh, to, to reaffirm everything you've ever heard about TNA, at one point in TNA's early stages when New Jack was part of the company, he was tag-teaming with Shark Boy, 
and New Jack. Didn't I see that? And New Jack, uh, as weapons, were using uh, those like electronic Hulk hands, <laughs> just punching people. Uh, New Jack has marks on his bodies for justifiable homicides. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, in this, that was yeah in I know, no, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just reiterating for yeah. people at home. Um, and it's been so, it was so much, it's gotten so much worse since this movie. I've been in a room with New Jack. You have, before. yeah. New Jack knows who we are. Uh, New Jack uh, almost uh, uh, changed Brian Jager's outlook on life about Jacksonville because um, of how much he just loves it. Um, Does he live there? No, no, no. no. I don't where's know where's New Jack right now? I don't want to know right now. Right now. <laughs> um, <gasps> shut up! Don't even fuck with me, <laughs> New Jack. Uh, but like, it's so weird that like this guy who certifiably has tried to kill people in the ring on multiple occasions had Not to go on purpose. On no, on purpose, on purpose. He's fucking cut people too deep because they weren't quote unquote like paying attention yeah. or doing what he's supposed. Not on purpose. He was doing what he was supposed to do. It's not his fault that they don't know what they're doing. New Jack. I thought what? you liked New Jack. I love New Jack. Defend him. In a court of law, never. <laughs> That's a lose lose situation. Um, but then in this, he's just like hanging out with the whitest fucking dude ever, and and calling him. You know, wants to hang out and gets a casting call that obviously was set up and planned. Okay, the interview's done. I think he has leading man potential. He he can be Denzel. He can be the friend of Denzel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mind you, they showed you one line the New Jack read in that one script. One line that he read, and this took place twenty years ago. I've never seen New Jack star in a movie before. Nope, nope. never so. will. Never will. Yeah. All right, so we named the LVP Roland Alexander. We've we kind of touched on everybody else. Who's the MVP of Beyond the Mat? Ooh, it's hard. I I think it's one of the. I, mean, I think it's like Jake the Snake or McFoley. I feel like it's, it has to be one of them because I feel like they yeah. carry the most weight. Look, like, I, like I love Dennis Stamp. I love New Jack. I love Steve Austin. I love like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's hard again. It's always hard to do like documentary MVPs and LVPs because it like who is the most interesting subject? Who's the person like you like the most? Um, this movie isn't as affecting as it is without Jake Roberts. So I, I think you kind of have to make a Jake Roberts because. You get everything with him. You get comedy. You get drama. You get emotion. You get you get it all. So we're gonna go with Jake the Snake. Is he, uh, yeah. He hates the fact that he's in this, but you're the MVP of Beyond the Magic. Um. God, I feel like I could talk. I could talk about this movie forever. Well, wrap it up. Is there anything else while I go? Anything else you want to say while I go get more um, more ice for myself? Um. No, I just I, I I just think that uh it was a really good glimpse in the window of what WWE had started to morph into in terms of this like global conglomerate that's, you know, taking over wrestling entertainment or or sports entertainment as it were. Um and you know just just how different that documentary would be if they did that today, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've, they've done wrestling, docu- like mainstream wrestling documentaries, but they still pale in, compa- pale in comparison to this because this is right after everybody was just saying, yeah, it's predetermined. Like, like this was the first like really big lifting the kayfabe mm-hmm. uh, sheet over everyone's eyes for the first time. So it's always totally different because everyone just knows now. Right. So this was still, at the time, kind of like an insight into the world that everyone was curious about. Okay. Um, anything else? On Beyond the Mat? You good? I'm good. Okay. Are you, are you sure you feel good? Yeah, I feel good. You feel good? I don't feel very good at all. <laughs> You're such a douchebag. You're such an idiot. I got my moment. You're, Give me a score. You're a fucking idiot. Give me a score. Um. Probably an eight. I thought it was a really well done documentary. I 
you know, I didn't know about all, like, the skipping around and stuff until you just pointed it out. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just going to be for me. Right, like, like, watching it, though, like, it, I felt like it made sense. I mean, it made me hate some of the people in it. It endeared some others to me. It kind of gave me that behind the scenes. It's a documentary. I, it tells the story it wants right. you to know and tell. And I try to go into it, like, thinking, okay, if I didn't know anything about wrestling or if I was you and knew everything, like... You know, all of the different aspects, but I think it kind of touched on different things that maybe the novice person wouldn't know mm-hmm. and the expert may not know. Um, but I think it was well done. Sure, the directing could have been done better, but, I mean, for a documentary, I think it was done, like, I think that they did a fine job. Yeah, I mean, this movie has such a fucking special place in my heart. There's so many moments that are so vivid and, and wonderful to me. Mm-hmm. Groundbreaking for its time. All my misgivings about... Everything that I know that's kind of wrong about it, um, or short-sheeted, or, you know, some questionable choices. I'm going to go with a nine and a half, just because, I mean, this movie and me have a very, very long history with one another. So that is a 8.75, I believe. What are they? Eight and... Nine and a half? Yes, 8.75. Okay. 8.75 for Beyond the Man, I think, is appropriate. And it's the first time we've uh, done a Pod Slam movie and actually ended up liking it. Because two years ago we did No Holds Barred. And last mm-hmm. year we did Suburban Commando. That's key. We had to avoid Hulk Hogan. Yeah, cool. Good. Mm-hmm. So this was my nomination. So Samantha will get to nominate two movies now. Uh, on the docket coming up soon we have There Will Be Blood in 1776. Two long-ass movies. Yeah. Probably will take a few weeks to get to. Probably. Also, we have Halloween coming up, so of course we can do a Halloween-themed episode. Well, I have something in, in the works, hopefully. Well, depending on whose turn it is. For that. Well, no, I have some a special. Well, I guess it would be a Patreon. So, uh, I have something up my sleeve. Oh, great. Here. What are you nominating? Um, Alright, so, if you've listened to this show before... You know, I like to have themes, right? I like, to, I like to kind of have a through line. And so, based on our conversation, I was trying to see, okay, well, what movies has New Jack been in, and do we own any? The answer, the answer is no. New Jack. The answer is no. He was in. Let me see here. I have it pulled up here. He was in one movie called Shooting Range. Oh no, and another one called Backyard Criminals. We don't own either of those movies. No, we don't. So I couldn't have it be New Jack. Um, so then I was like, well, my through line, because, you know, I didn't want to just stick on to, like, one of, like, the people who was MVP or LVP or something. Um, so I want to stick with maybe a theme of WWE studio movies, of which I know we own quite a bit. We own quite a bit of them. And um, we've done done one previously for the show. Um one yeah. that I know of, right? The Chaperone, is that the only one we've done? Yeah. Inside Out? Oh, wait, that's the wrong Inside Out. Right? <laughs> it's the wrong Inside Out. <laughs> um, but then I was trying to think, because I didn't want to go all the way upstairs to kind of see what we own and don't own, what we have. Do we own, like, multiple Marine movies? I know we own multiple 12-round movies. Because of Augie and Lauren. No. Well, we've also already nominated 12 rounds before, so we couldn't do How did we nominate 12 rounds? When I did No Holds Barred. Why did I pick No Holds Barred? Because I kind of leaned you in that direction, I think. Um, And then I... I don't think we own a single Marine movie. We don't own the Ted DiBiase Marine movie? (laughs) That one made me choke to death. Um... And then I was, and then, you know, looking at some of these, some of these, like, I can't nominate because... Do you have two fucking movies? I do. Listen, they're technically sequels. Like, I cannot believe that we don't own Jingle All the Way 2 with Santino Morella. Like, I really can't believe it. Um, But given what's on the docket and what, you know, we want a short movie and ones I know that we own, um, I'm going to nominate the Scooby-Doo WrestleMania Mystery. For fuck's sake. And... The Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown. Because I know we own both of those. I think we've seen both of those. And I think they're both equally terrible. No, we've only watched one. Oh, which one? Oh, we watched the Scooby-Doo one? Yeah. Okay, well, those are the two. Um, because I figure that they're going to be easy for us to do. Um, now, I'm almost positive 
we do not own the Flintstones, the Flintstones one. I'm pretty sure I bought Well, I think we have here. the Jetsons one. So here's what I'll do. Because I've already seen the Scooby-Doo one. Well, or, or do we own the new, the newer Scooby-Doo one? The Scooby-Doo and WWE Curse of the Speed Demon? We don't. Why this not? is, by the way, the worst conversation in the history of podcasts. Oh, wait, And wait. ruining every shred. Do I we, promise you we're watching There Will Be Blood soon. Do we own Surf's Up 2 Wave Mania? No. Wave Mania. Whichever. There have been five marine movies. If we have the Flintstones one, we will watch the Flintstones one. If we do not. Can I choose the Jetsons one instead of the Scooby-Doo one just because we haven't watched it? Is it the Jetsons and WWE Robo-WrestleMania? I think so, yes. I don't think we own that one. I'm almost positive we do. I'm literally going to go upstairs out of fear of still waking my child up to find this out after we're done. Um, But I will pick the Flintstones one. If we don't have it, am I allowed to pick the Jetsons one? Yeah, but can I keep reading the names of these No, because we need to wrap this shit up. You remember that movie Oculus? No, nobody saw that movie. <laughs> um, oh, I should have picked The Call. We don't own The Fucking Call. Which one's the one with Halle Berry that we The used? Call. <laughs> I thought we owned it. No. I thought we bought that movie. Maybe. I don't know, man. I got a problem about a lot of movies. <laughs> Why are there so many of these? All right, stop reading. We got to wrap this shit up. I got Slam shit to take care of. So go home. Why'd you tell me to go home? No, I'm saying it's to go home. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> it's in your have to. Um, we thank you for listening. I apologize in advance. We're going to have to tackle the subject of wrestling again next week. Because I'm, I'm sure it's going to be next week's episode. Um, for our plugs, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast. And one in, I've had so much ice in my mouth. ArcadeAudio.net for this podcast and the other ones in our network of shows. Subscribe to us on uh, iTunes or, yeah, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, rate and review us. Follow us on social media at Possible on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Married with Movies. Send us an email, MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash ArcadeAudio for bonus content and cool stuff there. Um, the 2014 nomination show will be up soon. Probably at this point, it's going to have to wait until I come back. Um, but the results for 2015 are on there. So do that. And the whole purpose of us doing this today is for Pod Slam because we can't be at Pod Slam. Hopefully, next year we'll make our Pod Slam debut. But um, Pod Slam is a 12 plus hour podcast marathon. All proceeds, 100%, are going to Connor's Cure, a great charity through WWE and the V Foundation, benefiting pediatric cancer research you can go to arcadeaudio.net slash podslam right now and get tickets tickets are ten dollars all day you can come pay ten dollars watch a few shows go get some lunch come back watch more more shows you don't even gotta do that you can come ten dollars and literally sit there the whole day and watch like 15 amazing podcasts um because there's a bar there there's a bar there there's food there there's really good food there at the io theater the world famous io theater in chicago illinois where the greatest comedians in the world have applied their trades where we're going to be performing uh this podcast marathon uh most importantly arcadeaudio.net slash podsame is where you can donate now uh get money in to help us crush a four thousand dollar goal well in advance um, of course, we'll be taking donations all throughout the show and after the event as well. Um, we'll also have a Venmo set up. If you just know us personally, you can send us money and we'll donate it that way. Um, we promise. Um, you'll be able to watch the show uh, on Twitch. You're also going to be able to listen to the show live, arcadeaudio.net slash Potsam. Just go to that website. you got everything there, everything you want. We have an amazing slate of shows. Like I said, we're going to have a wrestling block ending the night out. Um, with our friends from the Heels and Heels, they're an Arcade Audio Network uh, family show. Um, not your demographic from Cage Side Seats, their second year back on the, uh, the, the, the live event. The All-Star Podcast Rumble, which is the hottest show of the year every year, had an amazing show last year that was won by our 11 o'clock uh, performers, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, over the MLW Radio Network. Come hang out with the buddies. And then Podswoggle wrapping the night up at midnight. I will be drunk doing a drunk history uh, for your viewing pleasure, listening pleasure, as I get my head shaved bald. It's really going to be a banner last hour of the event for yours truly. We have RJ Hates Rap at 
noon. So many bits, a great video game podcast, 1245, a, a standout favorite of PodSlams over the years, Talking Wild with Dan at 2 o'clock from the Second Wind Collective. They've been a great supporter of the cause. Dilettante Ball, Johnny and Spencer, Arcade Audio Family Show at 2.30. Riverside Falls presents Riverside Law, another arcade show at 3. Um, coming all the way from California, how the art world works. We're talking about art. What the fuck do we know about art? Nothing. That's why you this, know nothing that's about why art. this show is coming to perform, because they know everything about art at 3.30. Uh, a great uh, hip-hop-themed podcast, Through the Crate, at 4.30. We're even getting into science fiction dramas. 5.30, I'm sorry, 5.15, Marsfall will be performing at Podslam. 6 o'clock, uh, taking the place of Podslam Versus, will be Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, Spencer's uh, wonderful uh, uh, live game show hybrid that has been uh, killing it in Chicago and on Twitch. 7 o'clock, Modern Vinyl. They're nominated for the fucking Podcast Awards. They're showing up for Podslam. Uh, 7.45, Screamcast, Will You Scream It? 8 o'clock, Rich and I are super excited. Broad Wasted, straight from New York. Uh, they talk about Broadway, and they get drunk with Broadway stars. They're coming to Podslam. Can't wait to see what they're going to be doing. Uh, it's a hell of a show. It's going to be a hell of a day. Um, so if you're in Chicago, check it out. If you're not in Chicago, plenty of places you can check it out. But most importantly, donate. Ooh, that's how you go home. That's how you. That's how you. That's how you promote. That's how you do it. I would say so. Cool. And I got through that without one piece of ice. You're dying. I need so much ice. Can you wrap the show, up, please? For mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for married with movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. New Jack. <laughs> New Jack's gonna kill us. Yeah, that's right. It's New Jack. A street fighter for the funk, and I'm about to fuck you up with my 187. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.